Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals featuring 410 shows with a stable of former players and local media personalities. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saber, the most electrifying voice in sports information and with me as always. What up, what up? It's me, it's me, it's Lukey C, a.k.a. The Little Fundamental. What are we talking about today? The Little Fundamental. For our, you younger, for our younger fans out there, Shaquille O'Neal used to call Tim Duncan the big fundamental. Luke here is the Little Fundamental. So if you haven't guessed, today we're talking NBA. It's been a while. Uh, we haven't really talked a lot of NBA since we did our season preview, and now with you know, not a lot of sports happening. It's sort of one of the couple of dead periods. Dead periods is probably the wrong way to say it. It's one of the couple periods through the year that there are not multiple sports on. Before we get into the NBA, football might be over, but basketball and hockey are just heating up. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. How'd you do on the golf pick last week? It hit. It hit. Tony Finau lost in the playoff. I told you he'd finish top 10, but would not win. He lost in a playoff to my man, Max Homa. So you're three and one on golf right now. Yeah. And um, I don't have anything for this week simply because by the time this thing drops, the tournament will have started. So makes sense. We're recording a little bit late this week. No big deal. Bet online has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. You can even bet on awards, TV shows, and reality TV. And, of course, there's always the online casino. It never closes. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sport book experts. All right. Let's get into NBA. I think it's going to be a quick one today, which I'm sure people are probably looking forward to because that quarterback carousel episode was about an hour and a half long. So we're roughly a third of the way through the season, right? A little bit more than a third of the way through the season. The Utah Jazz, they have the best record in the NBA. They're 25 and six. They're three games ahead of the second place team, which is the Los Angeles Clippers. Let's get into the biggest surprises Let's go positive before we go negative. Who is your team that you think right now is the biggest surprise so far this season in the NBA? Most surprising team for me. I'm going to go with, you know, there's a couple of candidates that you could put in here. You know, the Knicks are pretty good, better. Well, let's say better than people expected. Charlotte is looking that way. I'm going to go with a Western Conference team, though. Go with the San Antonio Spurs. It's a good one. Sitting in fifth right now at 16 and 11, seven games back of, uh, of top seed Utah Jazz you just mentioned. They do have a negative point differential of 0.4 right now, but uh, they've been pretty impressive just being able to, you know, not only compete in that Western Conference, but be able to compete at uh, at a high level. 
They are 11 and 11 in the conference. So, you know, the, all those losses have come in the, uh, in their conference, which means they're going to get a lot of Eastern conference games in the second half of the season. So they are in really good shape moving forward, but uh, definitely the Spurs is, is who I got as the most surprising. what you have? You know, I, I really like that one. The Spurs are certainly surprising. I, I don't think a lot of, t- a lot of people had them up there. I think that's a really good candidate. Look, I think Utah is a candidate to be honest with you, but the one I'm going to go with is Phoenix. They're 20 and 10. They have the fourth best record in the NBA. They're nine and one in their last 10 games. They're fifth in point differential right between the Lakers and the Nets. And you know what? They're a team that they sort of have felt like they've been on the cusp for the last probably two years. Uh, Devin Booker has been an emerging superstar. They've had, you know, some really good role players. They added DeAndre Ayton, who he's been a little bit up and down, but that team, the addition of Chris Paul, I mean, how underrated is Chris Paul? I don't think Chris Paul gets enough credit for the way that he's able to manage a team, lead a team. You think about those Clippers teams, you think about the, the Houston teams. I mean, Chris Paul has made a huge difference every step of the way. Last year, you know, Oklahoma City, we thought in our preseason preview of last NBA season that we thought that basically that team would be a dumpster fire and he was able to keep their head above water. So this Phoenix team has been really impressive. I'm really surprised at how quickly they've been able to improve but they're young, right? So the quick turnaround of the NBA season, I don't think has impacted them quite as much as it's impacted other teams, but uh, just a fun team to watch. The best is yet to come for them. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens with them for the rest of the season. We talked about teams. Who's your player? Who's a guy that you're looking at right now? And you're like, man, I did not expect that from him this year. This one might be a little surprising to you, but I'm going with the rookie LaMelo ball. Almost did it. He is he is he is much better than I thought. And I, I we talked about this in the the pre the preview show that as the draft approached, you know, I, on draft day, finally I text you. I was like, fuck it, I want LaMelo, man. I, I don't know if it's gonna be a dumpster fire or if it's gonna be really good, but I didn't expect it to be this. Uh, 53.5% true shooting percentage, 17.5 PER. He's got a 24.8 usage rate. So he's when he's in, he's got the ball in his hands. Really, really impressive rebounding. So he's he gets six uh, six rebounds a game to go with six assists on fourteen point six points, but the guy's got an all around game and he's just a natural rebounder and a natural passer. When you watch him play, it's like he's got that full court pass to Gordon Haywood. It hits him right on the money for a little fadeaway at the baseline. He's throwing oops, you know, and uh, he's actually shooting it a little bit better than uh, than I expected him to. He's shooting thirty four point six percent from three, which which isn't great, but. You know, he, he did not shoot well at all in that New Zealand league when he was over there. So it's actually a little bit or, better than or th- anywhere else. Yeah, a little bit better than I thought. But he is he is an 81 percent free throw shooter. So there is room for him to grow. And uh, yeah, I mean, he, he is. Uh, how old is he? He's, he's 19. So he's still got uh, plenty of room to grow and and get better. And I think that, uh, you know, Jordan finally got one right down there. He finally he finally drafted a star. Youngest player in NBA history with a triple-double since they moved him into the starting lineup, his numbers. I mean, he's averaging over 20 points a game. He's a stud. He's definitely better than his brother. Uh, It was weird because a couple years ago, you kind of heard rumblings that he was probably going to be better 
uh, than his brother, and I didn't really believe it. But just watching those clips, man, I was like, nah, there's no way. And then like he hit that growth spurt, and it's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna continue to get better too. I mean, you said he's 19. Uh, he's he's really good. There's no doubt about it. So we'll see. My guy. This is a guy that's bounced around a little bit. I think he's finally found a home with the Knicks, and it's Julius Randle. I remember I had him number two. I remember watching Julius Randle at Kentucky, and he was an absolute beast. He was a beast in the paint. He was an absolute monster. He just bullied other college kids. And I, really I was surprised th- when the Lakers got him at seventh. Right. And I really thought that was going to translate to the NBA, and I don't think it did. But now, as you know, with this is what probably his fifth year in the league maybe five-ish year in the league it's really starting to come together I think he's 26 it's really starting to come together he's averaging 23 points a game 11 rebounds five and a half assists a game he's shooting 35 percent from from three this year he's a first-time all-star and he's got the Knicks at, at the seventh seed so this is his seventh season okay so his seventh year right so I just man he makes you know, him and and Barrett and some of those other guys on the Knicks, they make the Knicks actually fun to watch. It's the first time the Knicks have been fun to watch in ugh, at least 10 years. Uh, it's It's been a long time. So I'm going to say the guy right now that's the biggest surprise for me, slightly edging out your guy is hey, Julius Randle. Yeah, I think we're splitting hairs here. So Yeah, so do I. They're both fun to watch. And, and you know what? They're both playing for teams that kind of needed – they're a guy on their team to be the surprise, the biggest surprise. So it's, it's good for, for them. Let's look at the other side, though. You know, there's always bad. Who? What team's your biggest disappointment so far? This one's pretty easy for me. It's an Eastern Conference team right now sitting at the uh, sixth seed at under 500 at 15 and 16, and that's the Boston Celtics. Let's take a look here. Uh, the 21st in uh, points per game. They are seventh in uh, – Defensive points per game, so they're still they're still it's still their calling card. Um, I think it's always going to be with a Brad Stevens team, but they're twenty fourth in pace. Their offensive rating is pretty bad. Their their defensive rating is fourteenth, sitting at twelfth uh, in net rating, and they're just you know they lost to the Wizards, and I know the Wizards are on a streak here. The Wizards beaten just about every every one of those top five teams, but uh, you know they just haven't looked good at, at all recently. You know, the stuff with Kemba looks bad. I know they got two all-stars with with Jalen and Tatum, but just looking at their they, – they beat the Magic recently, but uh, before that they were on a three-game losing streak. They blew a 24-point lead against the – That's Pelican. right. I, I, had to th- I, had, I had to go on. And the then way. last yeah. night, and they then lost, last yeah. night, Luca hit, hit, hit the buzzer. Hit the, yeah, and yeah. He, well, he hit a three with 15 seconds left, yeah. and then he hit the game winner, which was an absolute <laughs> – Luca's amazing, but anyway, he is. He is. yeah, no, yeah. I I agree with you on that. I I would say that right now, you know me. We've been doing this show for a couple of years now. I've been sort of in the Boston Celtics business. I am officially out on that team. You know, they they let Gordon Hayward walk. I don't think that's a huge deal, but the Kemba situation isn't looking good. Marcus Smart is hurt. Uh, that team just, man. I don't know. They're just not doing it and they're not doing it at a high enough level. And I really, I don't even necessarily consider them a contender anymore. When, you know, last year at this time, I was picking them to, to maybe go to the NBA finals. So that shows how much they've dropped off. 
my team is the Miami Heat. You know, we talked in the preseason in the preview about, you know, potentially there being a little bit of a bubble hangover with them. And there's there's no question. They're 14 and 17. They're the 10 seed right now. They're only 500 at home. They have a minus two and a half point differential. Tyler Hero, got it. I, I'm not I'm not I'm not ready to trade him away yet. But how wrong was I about? Wrong's probably the wrong word. I think it was a little premature for him. Jimmy Butler, I don't know if that run in the bubble, he just hasn't really been the same player this year now bam and has been playing at a at a at a great level that team right now is they're just uninspired when you watch them it just looks like a completely different team I don't know if just being in that bubble enabled them to lock in in a way and it's crazy right because they have probably top three four coach in the NBA in, in Eric Spolstra and that team just doesn't look ready to play night in and night out. So I'm going to say right now, for me, they're the team that's the biggest disappointment. Yeah, not a ton of pushback there. Um, I will say that they they got Jimmy Butler back. He had been out for a while, and it looked like he was going to push for an all-star spot. But they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. They have won three in a row. You know, it's the Eastern Conference, so they are right now in playoff uh, play-in range. So, you know, they they can win three or four more and they're going to be right up there, you know, in the in the six in the five, six. Spot. I hear you. And you know what lever they pulled to kind of go on this little run? They moved Kendrick Nunn in the starting lineup. The guy that was neither playable in the playoffs. Last well, we didn't year. even know if he was on yeah. the team or not. I mean, it was like one of those. He was there one series and then he wasn't there and then he was back and then he was back for the finals. He even playing in the finals. That whole situation is still a little weird for me, but. Look, we're only a third of the way through the season. Let's see what happens. Lots of times the all-star break has a way of kind of rejuvenating some of these teams. And I don't think Miami got anybody. They don't have any. all. Is, did Jimmy Butler make the all-star team? No, he did not. So I don't think they have any all-stars. So these guys are really going to be able to rest for a while. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Who's your player that's the biggest disappointment? I'm going to go with... Uh... A guy that we saw ball out in the in the bubble, it's Jamal Murray, and I don't mean this to say yeah. that he he looks bad because if you look at his numbers, they're all up from last year. You know his his true shooting percentage, his uh, you know his win shares, his usage his usage is about the same. Turnovers are down. You know all those numbers are up from last year, but they're all down from what we saw in uh, in the playoffs in the bubble. You know, he led that team back from two three to one deficits against the Jazz in the first round and the Clippers in the second round. I, think, I, I know he had one, I, possibly two 50 point games down there in the bubble, but um, his numbers right now aren't even close to what we saw in, in the bubble. You know, he had 626 true shooting percentage in the bubble with, um, you know, 27.6 usage rate. Both those numbers are down in, in season. And I think I just expecting him to take the next leap. And, uh, you know, it's not like, if you look anywhere, he wasn't in any, even on any kind of all-star snub list or anything like that. He just, you know, I was really hoping for him to take his game to the next level and be that kind of guy, um, especially with, uh, you know, with all the guards they got out there in the Western Conference. I thought he was one of those in that elite class, but he's just, he's just not quite there yet. Yeah, you know, I think you can make the argument that he was probably outside of AD, LeBron, and Jimmy Butler he may have been the fourth best player in the bubble. 
He was dynamic night in and night out. He had a 50 point game a couple weeks ago. I just, you know, he's, he, he's only like 22. You was know what I mean? The, was it like against the Cavs, the 50 pointer? I, yeah, it was, but you know, he's <laughs> only like 22 years old. So I, I think, I think people really forget. He's 24, how, 24. Okay. He just turned 24 yesterday actually we'll, we'll see i i, I hear I, you. I i don't want to i'm not i'm not crushing him i'm not crushing him like i said all his numbers are up from from last year and if you go and look all of them every single year they're getting better and better and better it's just i was kind of expecting to see you know more of the guy that we saw in the bubble just haven't really seen it yet just glimpses this was t- this one was tough for me i looked at a lot of different guys and you know i i looked at jamal murray actually one guy, I'm kind of going out in, in, in left field, and it's Blake Griffin. And I, I just want to say, because when I give you this, when I talk about this guy in, in totality, it's just going to make a lot of sense. I want to start this conversation out by saying that Blake Griffin's making $35 million this year. He plays for the Detroit Pistons. A lot of you that are saying Blake Griffin, I didn't even know he was still in the NBA. Or Blake Griffin, I didn't know where he was even playing. Blake Griffin's only 31 years old. He's averaging 12 points a game, five rebounds, and four assists. 12 points a game is half of his career average. He's playing like a role player. And here's another stat, and I heard this on PTI last week. He hasn't dunked in a game since December 2019. (laughs) Did you hear what I just said? That's, That's wild. Blake Griffin hasn't dunked in a game That's wild. since December 2019. So I'm going to say just based on the amount of money that he's making and just how far he's disintegrated, I'm going to say that he is probably the biggest disappointment only because I looked at a few other guys and they hadn't fallen off as much. Probably a little bit of a, of a bailout on my part because I didn't want to tax some of these other guys. But uh, Blake's Blake's got to figure it out pretty quick here. He's going to be out of the league. Well, didn't they? I think I believe they sat him down because they're they're ready to trade him like the Cavs did with Drummond, right? Maybe, but they probably just wanted to get Sadiq Bay more run. Probably, <laughs> I think. Um, so let's talk all star. Speaking of Sadiq Bay, let's talk all stars. Oh, <laughs> the worst transition in water cooler <laughs> history. Let's just now listen. This is the rule. And I heard Jalen Rose, he either tweeted it. I'm, I, I consume so much media. He either tweeted it or he said it this morning on Get Up. If you want to talk all star snubs, you have to say what player they should replace because it's not a snub if there's nobody that you can replace them with. Okay. Yeah. So fair. let's let's start with the Western Conference first. I have a feeling this one's pretty easy, and we probably have the same one. So I just go ahead. You go first. I, I bet we don't because um, <clears throat> I don't really have a problem with either of these. So that's my caveat here. I'm not going to mention Devin Booker. I'll just go right ahead and say, if if anything, I and I want to say this again. I want to stress. I think that they got it right. I think those are the right all stars. Um, and especially when you're doing it by format with the front court and the back court. So if I'm replacing a guy, you know, and I'm not even positive that uh, he was voted this way, but I got DeMar DeRozan as a, as a forward. Uh, so I'm gonna, I would replace him with, with possibly Zion. I mean, I would not make that move, but if I'm going to pick a snub, I think DeMar DeRozan is having a really, really good year. 
Uh, so DeMar DeRozan's your snub? Is that what you're saying? That's I mean, look, I don't have a snub. It's okay. No, no, it's okay. You, you're, but, I, I hear you. But uh, yeah, 60.3% uh, true shooting percentage, 21.7 PER. And he's got, he, look, he's got the Spurs at 16 and 11. Nothing against Zion. His numbers are better. Like there's no, there's, he is an all-star. He is a superstar. He's all those things. The Pelicans are sitting at 13 and 17. That's my only little bit of beef. I don't have a problem with any of the guys that were chosen on the Western Conference team. Um, so I wouldn't make a switch there. I'm going to get spicy here. I do think Devin Booker is a snub. He's got, he's, you know, 25, four and four. Suns have the fourth best record in the NBA. You talked about his true, true shooting percentage. The easy response is to say that if Devin Booker is a snub, that he should replace Zion Williams. But Zion Williams is box office. Okay, Zion Williams is the best player on his team. Devin Booker is the best player on his team. There's a guy that I think I think that doesn't deserve to make it, and that's Paul George. Nobody's tuning in to the All-Star game to watch Paul George. His And his numbers are very, very similar to Devin Booker's and Zion's. Now, there's a little bit of variation between those three players, but they're relatively the same. Zion Williams is box office. Devin Booker is an emerging star. Paul George, man, I just nobody's tuning in to watch the All Star game except for like his family and I, I don't, to, you know, to watch Paul George specifically. He's the second best player on his team. I don't know. I just, I, I guess I'm still a little jaded from his performance uh, in the playoffs last year. And to be honest with you, I've watched a few Clippers games this year, and he hasn't really done anything that's that's stuck out to me. So I'm sticking by it. Devin Booker is the snub in the Western Conference, and I think he should replace Paul George. Nothing that Paul George does in the regular season for the rest of his career is ever going to matter again. Yeah, you know, you're just right. Because he, he comes up just so small in those playoff series. So you mentioned that you're a little feeling a little jaded from, from the playoffs, and, and I think that that's exactly it. Um, I mean, he is an all-star. He is one of the... 24 best players in the league but yeah i, I mean I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna push back with and i think i think booker deserves to be there i just don't know who uh you know if, if you're picking him to replace him sure um i'm just not sure that i'm really to make that push as a and say that devin booker's a better player than paul george for all-star purposes i get it devin booker scored 70 points in the game that's great they lost that game who's your snub in the east or aren't your you, aren't, you, aren't you the wins guy <laughs> not for this argument see now i'm gonna go completely counter to the argument i just made for my western conference snub because again i don't really i don't really have one um but i'm, I'm gonna go with bam over julius randall bam's numbers are julius all, randall all... made the all-star team yes so you're gonna ha- you're saying that you think bam should replace him is that where we're going yeah okay gotcha yeah yeah and we talked about how underwhelming the heat have been. And so it, it's fair to put, to put Randall in ahead of him. I don't have any problem with it at all, but for this exercise, yeah. Bam would be my guy, um, better true shooting percentage, better PER, but uh, you know, a little bit less points and rebounds compared to Randall. Who's a little bit further into his career at this point, but the Knicks have a better record. So he, you know, he's really the driving factor behind that as you see as the, as the Knicks lone all-star. So I don't really have a problem with with either of the teams selected, except for Damian Lillard. And other than that, I think that uh, you know the All Star teams are good. <laughs> so my snub is Demontis Sabonis. 
Okay. There. From from Indiana. Advanced analytics show that only uh, Jokic touches the ball more times per game for his team than any team. That includes LeBron and the Lakers. So advanced analytics shows only Jokic touches the ball more times per game. Sabonis throws more passes, so passes more to teammates than any other player in the NBA, has the most distance traveled on defense per game, so he's moving around the floor more. So basically what I'm saying is advanced analytics are showing that he is probably the the most central figure to his team's success over any player in the NBA outside of maybe LeBron, and you could probably make the case of a couple other guys. He's fourth in the NBA minutes per game. He's averaging 21 and a half, 12 rebounds, and six assists. He'll be the first player in NBA history to average 20, 10, and five and not make the all-star game. I think that he should be there. I think one of the main factors that he's not there is because he's in Indiana. And that's, uh, you know, historically it's, it's tough. You know, I, you know, in, in, in our lifetimes, right. You got maybe what Reggie Miller, uh, maybe Detlef Schrempf when he was there made some all-star games, Danny Granger, Paul George, you know, in Old Depot. I mean, there's, there's just a handful of guys. So here's the real question. Who do I think that he should replace? I, I, I can make an argument for two guys, James Harden or Kyrie Irving, because. Oh, get oh, the hell out of here. What get do you the mean? hell out of here. Kyrie took get two weeks Get the hell out of here. James Harden. Get the hell out of here. It, you can watch Kyrie Irving play basketball and say he's not an, uh, an Eastern Conference All Star. He took he took two weeks off, man. Oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but James you Harden should be, be sorry. You are sorry. You are James, sorry. I'm sorry. That is shit. ridiculous. You're saying I'm sorry. Statement. I'm not hating. I I don't have a problem with them as players. I think they're playing very well. James Harden. He's arguably play, having the best season of his career. Didn't play. And he took two and a half weeks off and his team didn't know where he was at. You know what I mean? He, like you can't reward come, come, this stuff. He came back and he's dropping 30 a game and they're winning. I, I, I hear you, but I would, I, I guarantee you 50, 40, 90. Listen, what I'm saying right now, this may be the first place you hear what I'm saying right now, but it won't be the last place you hear it. James Harden. Quit on the first team he played with, came into camp overweight, was wearing a fat suit, I think, because it was amazing. Three days later, when he when he suited up for the Nets the first time, he looked like he was uh, 25 pounds lighter. I don't I don't know how that works, you know, so I don't like that. He didn't play in the Eastern Conference for the first whatever few weeks of the season. And Kyrie took time off. So, I, you know, look. I get it. The fans vote for starters. So that's why Kyrie got voted in as, as a starter. But I will agree. We can agree there. We can agree there that he might he might not deserve to be a starter. But to say he shouldn't be an all star is just that's that's that is big hater aid. DeMontis Sabonis has come to play every night. Bam Adebayo has come to play every night. Chris Middleton's come to play every night. You know, so when you look at the guys, the top, and I would listen to those arguments that they were better basketball players than Kyrie Irving, but they're not. <laughs> the best ability is availability, and when you go AWOL on your team, you're not available. So that cowherd shit off the show. That is not that. That's the truth, man. That get that cowherd. Yeah, get that cowherd shit off the show. So all jokes aside. 
before we wrap up something serious shout out to tiger woods and his family uh you know obviously for those of you out there tiger was in a pretty serious car accident what yesterday um his car flipped over like seven or eight times and you know he's got some pretty bad damage to his legs i think uh you know the the fucked up thing is that you know did you watch the the news conference on sport leading into sports center yesterday Mm-mm. So all the media in L.A., you know, they're they're just pressing the police about, you know, whether or not he was under the influence and things like that. So they were trying to figure that out. And then the next thing is, is when's he going to play golf again? No, golf's the last thing on my mind. What I say is, you know, recover quick, Tiger. Uh, I'm very happy that, you know, it wasn't more serious because it very well could have been. I heard on the news today, the news I heard on ESPN today as they were leading in the sports center that that stretch of land, there's been, there's been 13 accidents in the last like 10 months or something. So, you know, just, I'm just glad that tiger is okay. Wasn't more serious. Obviously he's got a long road to recovery. And to be honest with you, if, if, if tiger never plays golf again, you know, it, it is what it is. I'm just glad that, you know, his kids who've already had to deal with a lot in their lifetime with him, that they don't have to add something else to the list. So recover quick. Um, just, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to Tiger Woods. Absolutely. Get better soon, Goat. So in the coming weeks, NFL offseason, we're going to be doing some free agency stuff. Luke texts me on J.J. Watt about 19 times a day now. Um, He is officially on the J.J. Watt watch. Uh, Draft prep, you know, I think we're going to do a lot more with the draft this year than just sort of a a big prep show and then a a wrap-up show. And then we'll probably live stream the draft again this year for all I know. College basketball tournament time's already coming up. We're going to talk some baseball here soon eventually because pitchers and catchers reported and then more NBA. So, lot coming in the next few weeks. If you guys didn't listen to the quarterback carousel episode from last week, I thought that uh, some of my picks are already coming true. So, you know, speaking of, you want to, you want to go ahead and give a Wentz take? I thought you might have a Wentz take for this, for the show. No, we're going to hold off. Come on now. Come on. Don't be bashful. Don't forget at WC sports bond, Facebook, Twitter for next time, Instagram. You know what? There's one thing that we don't ever do. Shout out your Twitter handle at 330 Luke L U K E at 330 Luke. He's a good follow for about two weeks and then you'll end up muting him. But for those two weeks, it's going to be great. I, I love two I weeks love, is generous. I love following. Am I not, am I not drinking on the, that weekend in between the two weeks? Because that's two weeks is generous. My my Twitter handle is Mr. Sabatooth M R S A B A T O O T H. That is also my handle on xbox so anybody who wants to come at me in some xbox i'm always playing call of duty and some other things luke and i we need to get back on that pga 2k you guys want to start playing some games with us what, what's your what's your xbox murder ducky uh, murder, murder ducky m-u-r-d-a-d-u-c-k-y murder ducky and he's much better at xbox than he is at twitter so who me yeah you oh i'm terrible but listen Right before this, I tweeted a tweet today. I tweeted a tweet that had that got the most impressions and activity than it ever has in the history of any tweet I've ever I've ever sent out. So at Mr. Sabretooth, check it out. It was really funny. Uh, did you see it? 
I'm looking for it right now. <laughs> a lot of impressions on that one. So at WC Sports Pod, check us out, the show, follow us, and then also follow us individually on, on Twitter and, and, and the other social media platforms. The water cooler is available uh, on all your streaming platforms, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Check us out today. Also at Believe.com, the number one podcast network for professionals. That's B-L-E-A-V. With that... We love you and enjoy your lives. Somebody suck me. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube